When I was a young girl, a 40-pound raccoon came into our home through an open window. We were living in the middle of the forest in Northern California. It waddled upstairs and entered into the bedroom I shared with my older brother and sister. The heavy raccoon made his way onto my bed where I was sleeping alone. He worked his way up to my shoulders and then sat directly on my chest. He began sniffing my face. I woke up, saw it, and thought it was a dog. So I pushed it away and said, No, doggy! The raccoon reacted and began attacking me. He went for my neck, and I was able to put my arms up across my face to protect myself. It then grabbed the flesh on the back of my arms and began chewing, puncturing, and pulling it off as I screamed. My two siblings woke up. My sister, Judy, immediately ran downstairs to retrieve my parents. And my brother, Jimmy, grabbed a small blue chair from the room and tried to put it between the raccoon and my little body to get it to chew on the wood instead of me. This infuriated the raccoon, and it began growling at my brother, so he backed off. Then as the raccoon aggressively continued gnawing on me, my brother again tried to get it to bite the chair. He did this over and over again until my parents got to me. Over the years, my mom has described the scene. After bolting into the room with my dad, she was mortified to see a creature attacking her baby daughter. She said from the back it looked like a wild animal out in the wilderness, tearing the meat off of another dead animal's carcass. The raccoon was pulling at my flesh and slashing its head back and forth to rip the meat off of my bones. There was blood everywhere. My dad immediately grabbed the raccoon by the back of the neck and pulled it off of me. It snarled and growled and scratched and bit his hands. He ended up throwing it into a secured room, shutting it in. Next, I remember my parents sitting me on the kitchen table, getting warm, wet washcloths and cleaning my wounds. They put pressure on them to try to stop the bleeding. I kept crying and repeating, Doggy bite me! Doggy bite me! They just kept reassuring me that it wasn't a doggy and that doggies are nice. It was a wild raccoon. They took me to town to our local hospital. My arms were chewed up. I had bite marks on my neck, and my left ear looked like hamburger meat. I ended up getting over a hundred stitches on the insides and outsides of my arm and neck. My ear would heal on its own. I still have the scars from the attack. I have them physically and emotionally. My heart rate still goes up each time a dog approaches me. Even though I know it wasn't a dog that attacked me, I perceived it that way as a child. We all can be scarred and damaged in many different ways. All of our reactions will vary. But one of the most common ways we react to scars and pain is to run away from them. That really doesn't help. When we don't face our discomforts, we begin beating ourselves up. We speak negatively, and most destructive of all, we may have a tendency to compare how we feel on the inside with how other people look on the outside. It's demeaning and damaging to our lives. I know about it way too well. Comparing myself to others is a malady I struggled with for many years of my life. I felt like a square peg that just never fit in. It was as though everyone else out there knew something that I didn't. I felt God made some sort of a mistake by putting me here on this planet. I became great at pretending to be socially comfortable, a superior actress at her best. I could talk about things I didn't necessarily care or know about, and I would participate in activities that I didn't necessarily enjoy, just to make myself appear to be normal. I know now that at that time, I was anything but normal. I would describe myself even now as an outgoing introvert. 
I would much rather stay at home and hide than be in public. When I'm forced to, I can play the role of a social participant. But my biggest anxiety for years, besides having dogs around me, had to do with groups of people. If I were at a party, I'd stand in the corner and watch the clock until I'd made my 15-minute appearance and head out the door. Why was this? Why couldn't I fit in? The answer was simple. I was comparing my insides with everyone else's outsides. I never felt that I could live up to the potential of other people. I thought I was white trash. When good things happen, I didn't think I deserved it. When my life became calm and peaceful, I'd do anything possible to cause pandemonium so I could complain about how hard my life was. Why did I do this? That became my million-dollar question. The best answer I came up with was that I didn't think I deserved happiness or joy. When things went well...